0: Hello, hello, this is FM, your favorite postgres podcast, one of many. And my name is Nikolai and as usual, I have Michael here. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Nikolai.
0: So today we chose, you chose actually one of the topics suggested by our users. So we, we can blame them, not us. And tell us which topic are we going to discuss
1: today. Yeah, this is nice. I like picking user suggestions or listener suggestions because I know at least one person will be interested in it. They suggested discussing companion databases, which is a term I hadn't heard before, but made complete sense. So this is the the concept of having a different database management system for a particular workload. So like they've mentioned Redis, but we've discussed in the past queuing, uh, we've we've discussed analytics workloads there's loads more that we haven't discussed like vector databases are all the rage these days aren't they document databases even search specific databases so yeah i thought this was an interesting topic i think there's some probably some generic pros and cons but also some details in the specifics that that might be of interest Uh, but i was yeah super keen to hear your thoughts and experiences with when some of these things make sense, when they don't, and whether we can come up with some rules of thumb.
0: Well, first of all, (laughs) rules of thumb for me is uh, if you can avoid it, avoid it, right? But I'm okay with our systems as well. And obviously, pros and cons in each case, sometimes easy to see. For example, Victoria Metrics. It's much better in terms of compression and working with time series and Postgres and even timescale if you check benchmarks, right? So it's obvious, uh, like we had a discussion with their CTO, how many gigabytes one billion of rows should take. And my impression usually for Postgres like row store uh, with very light compression only for toast, uh, it's like kind of terabyte for them. It's gigabytes so like several orders of magnitude i am I'm, I'm not sure gigabytes maybe dozens of gigabytes but definitely not a terabyte and only this already highlights uh big change big difference of course time scale is also good in, at compression but not as good as the victoria metrics as i understand i'm not going to blame time scale it's great technology so obviously like this just this single example says like sometimes you probably want to consider different databases so for, for example click house obviously uh, it has great possibilities uh, capabilities to to handle workloads uh, like log like or like stream of some events and so on at a very large scale you can do it with postgres uh, but you will hit some difficulties obviously again if you can avoid it i would prefer avoiding it if you already chose postgres because uh, the main problem will be synchronization and like two two big problems synchronization and uh, management of additional tuning and so on of additional system requiring some expertise
1: would you count yeah the expertise would you count that in the latter like i'm i'm thinking there's like a certain amount of educational overhead as well te- you know team expertise um, that can make sense in larger companies or l- larger teams. But, yeah, do you count that in the management overhead? I guess it is.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, well, I say management. It's not only – like, you can find maybe a managed uh, version of uh, some system. Uh, but so you won't be worrying too much about backups, although I think you should even for a managed system. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's stuff like provisioning, replication, failover, HA, and so on but it's still most likely it will be different language, uh, dialect of SQL or maybe not SQL at all. It will add complexity to application. Definitely. So management probably is not a good word here, like dealing with something else requires additional effort, not in terms of management, but in terms of like just working with new system, right? So this, uh, this is serious. If you add additional system, you need to add a lot of stuff additionally.
1: Yeah, I I like it. I think you're already starting to extract some of the things I was hoping to in terms of the the trade-offs again. So we've already touched on the the analytics one, I think is particularly interesting because I think there are quite strict trade-offs there. Mm -hmm. Some of the specialized systems contain features we just don't have even with the Postgres extensions. But yeah, you mentioned we do have some quite deep Postgres extensions with timescale and Citus that offer compression. And if you look at some, like I was looking for examples and it's really interesting to see, for example, Heap Analytics, dedicated analytics product, I believe still using Postgres with Citus and making it work even at extreme scale. And yet I also read very similar write up from PostHog, also an analytics product who are much newer than Heap. So I'm guessing smaller, but maybe not. And they've already bit the bullet and moved their analytics workloads to ClickHouse for the benefits. But when you're in an analytics, it can make a ton of sense, right? If, if Pay that migration cost. But the I think the the interesting learning from me from that was they did scale to a certain point using just Postgres. So I think that I, I like your... Without uh, side of streaming? Uh, I don't know for sure, but my mm-hmm. guess is without, yes. I remember they
0: used ZFS and uh, Arc2. It was interesting. So trade-offs is synchronization of data and uh, additional requirements to your like development and administration activities like so how about discussing several particular workloads and checking like these trade-offs and and, and so on like starting from analytical analytical workloads maybe to think
1: yeah good sounds good i've got so you mentioned those as trade-offs i i saw they're kind of like downsides aren't they they're like the cons of having a, a separate companion database but i think we haven't mentioned some of the pros as much so like some of them we mentioned more advanced features we mentioned performance like they can be better performance wise in certain cases i think there's also a couple of others like they can be easier to scale out I think with Postgres, we have really good scale up options, but we don't necessarily have as right. easy scale right. out options where some of these dedicated databases do. And then there's one more which you've brought up a few times in previous episodes, which is reducing the load on the. If we've got a Postgres primary that's already fairly maxed out or we're pushing the, the limits of our like. Managed service provider, for example, we probably don't want to be adding additional workloads to it. So, or like anything we can do to split out services could be beneficial as well. So, mm-hmm. those feel to me like the the pros of going down this path of, of adding a companion database. But then the cons are, as you said, like learning another system, another system to maintain, and those, yeah, synchronization right. or, or managing transactions, I guess, is in some sense. Right. As well. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. if you mentioned Cytos, then we should mention Hydra as well because like it's uh, it's a new thing that probably will we probably will soon hear some use cases. I hope. And I would distinguish uh, talking about the analytical workloads. I would distinguish two big uh, different cases. First is when you have a LTP system uh, as a like main system. You have, for example, uh, web or mobile app. And and additionally, you need analytics, for example, yeah. e-commerce, e-commerce, and you need analytical system to analyze what's happening with your e-commerce and a lot of stuff. Also, maybe like for BI and so on, like a lot of stuff. You need a lot of stuff there. And you can technically build it on top of Postgres. There are systems, I don't know, like Odoo and... Some ERP systems also, they c- can be considered as analytical, uh, built on top of Pentaho from the, like, uh, some, have some names from the past. But probably you, you would prefer, in this case, this companion system, like Snowflake or something. In the past, it was a vertical or something. And, and there is a d- very different case when analytical workload is your primary workload and you're just building some analytical tool and this is what you deliver. In this case, probably Postgres, it can be your main system or it can be like, I don't know, like, Non-existent at all, right? <laughs> in this in this approach. So speaking of the first uh, thing, when there is all TP in the center and analytical is like additional thing, obviously by default, growing projects might choose running analytical workloads just on replicas, right? Yeah. This we discussed. This is a quite bad idea. I mean, it's not a bad idea for very beginning because you don't see be a lot of tps and data volumes uh a lot of bytes so but eventually you will hit into different trade-off which doesn't have good solution which, which is called hosted by feedback should be on or off yeah right and as a reminder if it's on then running long running queries on statements uh, pr- transactions actually on replicas with hot by feedback turned on it will affect the primary workloads and uh, auto vacuum won't be able to delete freshly dead tuples if, if it's off, then it, it makes you, your replica a single-user replica because it accumulates a lag while you run your long transaction. And other people st- are asking, like, why lag? Right? And, well,
1: and it, it depends a little bit if you need... It with uh, with analytics, there, there can be cases where you don't need, like, completely real-time analytics data. It's okay to have... Fair.
0: That. Yes, fair. But then, like, it, it's still... Not fully healthy when yeah. leg lag is accumulated. How to monitor it? Is it like caused by normal workload? Somebody running like thirty minutes uh, report or something, or it's already an incident and then we need to catch up. And then anyway, other users um, from my experience will would expect they will expect this replica not being being le- lagging. And uh, good solution to this problem. So both. On and off for host and feedback are bad, but the good solution mm-hmm. is branching. For example, if you have branching on Replica, you can create your branch and analyze everything there and destroy this branch and so on, or cloning, right? But uh, it's not everywhere available. So this is the problem number one. And the problem number two is uh, what we mentioned already, Postgres compression options, and especially not only compression, throw row store. So lack of column store. I don't. Yeah. I don't even think uh, Sharding should be like immediate. Maybe, of course. Like, for example, ClickHouse. By the way, it's interesting. Like analytical workloads and time series workloads sometimes are quite close to each to each other, right? Yeah. So, do you consider ClickHouse as an analytical database system or time series database system?
1: I always think of it as analytics.
0: But originally, it was developed uh, for analytical web analytics system, similar to Google analytics, but the primary type of like the data is time series, a series of events. Why well, is it called click house? It's a series of clicks, web clicks with a lot of uh, characteristics of each click. Click means like request, HTTP request or something. So it's time series basically, also, right?
1: Yeah, I see what you mean, but equally like. I think they also have, like, vector features now. It's like, just just because it has... How do you define Postgres? Is Postgres uh, an analytics database as well? Like, I I think it's difficult to to categorize these things in one category, right? But Mm -hmm. I've seen ClickHouse used for analytics stuff. And yeah, it's mostly time series data, but so is like so much data in this world. How much, how much data do you collect that isn't time series? We
0: know the times, time scales, uh, point of view, everything is time series. We know this, right? But I, yeah, even, uh, I think even a human is a time series. It has a birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So all humans are like time series data and everything is like you, you, everything you have, it, it has like created at, timestamp and maybe updated and deleted. I don't know like okay so uh, then we should also consider time like uh, not Cytos, Hydra and also time scale DB as uh, your options to stay with Postgres only but in this case even in, th- in this case if you have strong LTP system and analytical workloads which you know will be handling long-running queries or transactions I would suggest having two clusters separately and uh, connecting them through logical replication to avoid this hot standby feedback problem.
1: And and if we take it to the ex- like the ex- this extreme at the other end, the small side of things, I think you can start even without any of those. Like it, even with partitioning, we get a lot of the benefits straight away. And I think with we, with a little bit of uh, I think I've seen uh, people use roll up tables quite effectively. So well, if you can aggregate the data in a separate table, for example, that can massively improve uh, very limited analytics workloads. Or like right. you, you mentioned the case that you have an RTP workload you need to provide some analytics over it. If you can do yeah. use roll-up tables, you don't even need any of those extensions for quite a yeah.
0: while. So what wh- I guess what we try to say is that uh, it's not only like single Postgres cluster versus uh, Postgres and uh, companion uh, Victoria Metrics, for example, or I don't know, like uh, Snowflake, uh, quite expensive option, but very popular, obviously. Uh, it, we we can consider uh, a lot of options with po- staying inside po- uh, Postgres ecosystem, and for yeah, example, it, it and if you can reach good query performance probably it's fine to run it on a regular, on a single cluster replicas. So it will be this is i think what we should call a HTAP case when we have oltp workloads and analytical uh, queries which don't take 30 minutes yeah several
1: uh, seconds think, uh, or so yeah
0: several seconds well up to 1 minute uh, it's uh, it's okay for autovacuum not being able to delete uh, that tuples during some time uh, some like minutes maybe 10 minutes it's okay it, it doesn't delete them immediately anyway it, it, it will come back later and in this case Hydra is looking interesting because you can define specific tables as column store and uh, run analytical workloads on them you may be uh, having some data stored twice inside the same cluster like originally row store and additionally as column store and uh, it's interesting right uh, yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, already be interesting, but it's different. I, as I understand, this store is row store, the main storage. But in memory, they also built uh, like ninety degrees. Uh, how is it called? Uh, I, I know only in Russian. Sorry.
1: Tra- transformed or? T- transformed sure.
0: uh, table so it's it becomes uh, additionally a column store and uh, you can run like aggregates much faster. But it's not open source. Hydra is open source, so I I, I would ra- root more for, for Hydra in this case. So interesting and uh, new options to explore before you think, okay, enough. I'm going to attach Snowflake. But sometimes you have business uh, requirements. For example, if it's a large company, they build um, a whole department for analytics, and these guys who know how to work f- with particular analytical system, and they say, okay, we need data there. Snowflake. That's it. In this case, uh, no options, right? We don't say like, let's let's try Postgres. So it depends oh, on many I, many questions here.
1: I would still encourage people to consider it as an option and to to ask the t- to mention it to the team that it might be an option. But if you've already got the expertise, that does that does limit the the cons. You know, if you if if you don't have some of those downsides that we discussed, then it it is an easier trade-off to make. Especially if you have some of the pros, especially if you're looking for, if you know about a feature in Snowflake that you get out of the box that you just don't get out of the box in Postgres or would take additional engineering effort. And I think a lot of the cases, it's very easy for us to brush over those. I I don't know these systems intimately, so I'm sure there are features I've never heard of that some people find extremely useful in some cases. Like we haven't talked about, we've, we've, we've got episodes on uh, queuing on analytics already that I'll link up in the show notes for anybody that, that missed those. But we don't have one on search, like full text search yet. I think that will be an interesting episode someday. But for like Elasticsearch is a huge product and has so many features. And I'm sure support must Before support we this. go to this topic, yeah, let's finish
0: on. with analytics and sure. maybe, uh, maybe time, time series as well. I think full Search is definitely a new category to discuss. But speaking of analytical workloads, if you already okay, decided to have uh, additional database or it's a requirement, for example, a lot of budgets allocated for, for Snowflake, and you cannot beat that, right? So they're already allocated, they, they should be spent, you know, to Snowflake. So, and people hired. So, okay. And there will be question of synchronization. And uh, this is interesting because you, you you will need to deal with probably logical decoding or logical replication, and probably you will need additional tool. I mean, it's possible to reach synchronization yourself, but if the company already spends money on Snowflake, probably they will decide to spend money on tools like, I don't know, FiveTrend, for example, Be- because a lot of stuff to solve there in synchronization. And uh, over time, uh, it's related to logical replication and decoding. and in this, in this case, it's logical replication between two different system so problems of avoiding initial uh, full resynchronization is no joke there and if tool is not right for example if you choose click it will produce duplicates in, on on the analytical database side because usual analytical databases such as snowflake bigquery what else like redshift or something they don't have unique keys and this is uh, by design and in this case, if uh, uh, synchronization tool which you build on top of logical decoding, if this tool is implemented in the wrong way, it will uh, 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 you will have some duplicates when replication switches from f- initial full sync of snapshot of data to CDC change data capture, and this is a problem. It, it's a solvable problem. The, the tool just needs to be fixed if uh, you have duplicates. Uh, obviously, like the tool m- might be relying on the presence of unique keys on the uh, subscriber side, but it should not do because that such tools primary goal are pipes from all to analytical database systems, analytical database systems don't have unique keys. If this tool allows duplicates, it's a bad tool don't use it <laughs> or tell them uh, fix it right now <laughs> or we won't be paying you or so. So duplicate problem is solvable just with careful uh, organization, orchestration of this process of switching from initial load to CDC. But actually that's it. I think uh, today we have quite good uh, capabilities on Postgres side so data can be moved from old system to uh, analytical system with very very small lag. And it's amazing. I mean, you can have lag below one minute, definitely. And at, with a lot of TPS, if everything is done, right? Great. Also, if you if you use some cloud pipe, pipe, uh, uh, cloud replication tools, like five trend, I had bad experience. It was my, my it was like kind of my fault. So it was postgres database uh, RDS which obviously allows logical replication to anywhere, right? A logical replication slot is possible to create and logical replication connection from outside is possible. And uh, I, I was checking 5 from RDS to Snowflake or Snowflake was also on AWS. But at that time it was, I think it was early days of 5Trend. Now they are much, much better. So like I was seeing very bad performance and lags and so on in my synthetic tests. Like you take PG bench and you see the lag is accumulated very, very fast. And it turned out that five trend servers were uh, in Google cloud. So latency, it, it doesn't make sense. You, sh- you need th- these like uh, software as a service, platform as a service, anything as a service, you need to make sure, uh, network connectivity is good. I mean, not, not distant latencies, throughput, everything you need to check and uh, right now I, I know i know five Trend have servers uh, in aws so you just need to choose proper proper settings and in this case uh, to be everything should be in the same region right in, in this case well unless you need multi-region setup in this case uh, performance should be good and uh, delays legs of replication should be very low and uh I think it's good if, if your company needs Snowflake, for example, it's good. Or Clickhouse, manage Clickhouse. I don't know. So there is such thing, right? So probably you need to manage Clickhouse and you I need suppose, to yeah. to stream changes from Postgres to Clickhouse. It's possible with some open source tooling. Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, why not well,
1: hybrid well, system? And, and also think about the progress. Like I, even five ten years ago, it feels like this would have been uh, a dream for many people. Like the 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 most the most things I heard about were extract, transform, load, kind of nightly processes to a to a analytics yeah, database. Yeah. So your data was like at at you sure. know a day old normally. Yeah, right. But that was that was the norm. Even just a few, well. Uh, maybe 10 years ago now, maybe I'm a bit older than I realized.
0: Many banks still use this nightly load <laughs> approach, nightly refresh. It's it's terrible approach. It should be redesigned. But of course, the cost yeah. of changes are high, so they keep old systems working. If you wake up at night and try to use something, the application says I'm uh, down for a couple of hours, it's insane. It should not be so.
1: Yeah
0: yeah but i i i would i would like to emphasize like maybe banking systems uh, if some banks use postgres right so transactions are reliable open source so quite good robust maybe like uh, cost of ownership is low because no licensing from like oracle level but uh, then you need uh, additional systems like banking system or maybe e-commerce e-commerce may be a good example here because obviously they need uh, good analytics systems so maybe this is this is where combination of Postgres for order process, order processing and so on, and uh, something like Snowflake or Vertical or something for um, uh, analysis is uh, a way to go.
1: Cool. I would be keen to get your thoughts on some of the other use cases for.
0: Yeah, let's discuss uh, uh, what uh, full text search.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great yeah good good starting point.
0: Yeah, I think uh, there are a lot of benchmarks saying that uh, Elastic is better than Postgres at full text search, right? But uh, unlike analytical workloads, which usually reorganize data in some form for analysis and so on, and usually you synchronize some data there and analyze. In the case of full text search, you, I think, want the search to be a part of your main OLTP workload, right? Because user, for example, works with some pages or I don't know buttons, and then the user decides to search something. And for user, it's a part of everything on this OLTP mobile or, or web app, right? So it's a part I think of you. And this I is a really different from analytical, from analytical system. From the analytical uh, case, we just considered this is the maybe main difference because uh, full text search is a should usually is a part of the main workload, all TPU. Like, no,
1: but I think it can really depend. But yeah, I think I think you're probably well, you're probably right. But equally, user facing analytics people might expect to be up to date immediately as well. So I think there is there are cases for both of these to be like it depends how how much that data is updating like how much is it user generated data versus like system data or like I, I i do think there's a there's interesting cases in both on both sides but the 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 full text stuff i i've seen i i don't trust most benchmarks i see i think it's it's i, I see a lot of Benchmarks showing whichever vendor is doing the benchmark yeah, uh, yeah, happen- yeah. just miraculously comes thing. out on top. Yeah, exactly. And I do think Postgres has until until relatively recently suffered a little bit from not having that marketing machine behind it. People super incentivized to do uh, yeah yeah
0: Makes
1: the marketing sense. efforts. But n- now we do have now we do have a lot of commercial like uh, entities doing benchmarks that show, you know, Timescale doing various things and super base doing various things. I do think those two make a good effort to, to make things fair. And most I'm sure most companies tr- try and make things fair, but they know their system way better than they know their competitors systems. Yeah. So there's all, there's always going to be bias in those. So I'd really, really, I think maybe if we, if I could only encourage one thing for people from this, if you are comparing uh Postgres to a companion database. Don't trust the benchmarks from those two systems. Do your own. Do your own benchmarking. Test your yeah. own kind of workload. So, so yeah, actually, it, it, you are right. And in this case,
0: probably, Postgres full text search is good, but it really require also a lot of effort. I mean, in this case, if it's a part of our main workload OTP, then you have two. Tr- Two, two options, uh, for example, we deal with elastic, and it also will require some effort uh, to to use. But obviously, this system is targeting only full text search. Great. Uh, now also vector search. I'm sure they have, right? They yeah, should, they, they should, do. Of, of everyone, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, if you choose to use full text search, it has a lot of capabilities, uh, it, but it will require also an effort to set up properly the dictionaries, uh, various. Uh, uh, Ways manipulative uh, th- things like how to transform text to test vector, for example, and query to a test query properly. And the query language probably it will be not not as powerful as uh, at Elastic, but it will be possible to combine it in a single query with other Postgres. Yeah, this is the power, right? And data is here in the same database, so. This is super big pro for to, to use full tech search. And I, I must say it, it's quite advanced. Uh, you will require many days to understand all details which are uh, possible. But looking at the benchmarks, I, I just looked at before, before our podcast. I personally didn't touch full tech search probably a few years, but mm-hmm. I know it's not f- progressing fast now because, you know, the same people who were driving progress for full tech search. From Russia, they were, f- f- they founded Postgres pro and diff- had different focus different uh, challenges so I think uh, I think post- full text search is uh, like it would be good it would have a, a new wave of attention to to be developed further many many uh, like uh, things to improve because it 's a very wide topic, very wide but before uh, before like a few years ago, I touched it a lot and implemented a lot of things myself on uh, using full text search. And, uh, I must say, of course, I was trying to avoid elastic all the time because of uh, yeah. this data is here. I don't need to synchronize it. No dealing with legs, no transformations, except to, to, to test query to, to, to test vector and that's great, but obviously still like elastic offers a lot of stuff. Some people say I want to, to benefit from both and there is project zombie right?
1: Yeah. Which really impressive
0: yes and i i impressed uh with techno uh ah, i mentioned the benchmark this morning uh uh, elastic versus postgres i I, usually i when i have a few minutes i usually quickly find in in any benchmark i quickly find downsides uh, in postgres you remember recently some people uh said they are going to beat uh, full text search postgres it was uh how called
1: parade db I think.
0: parade db and they just forgot mm-hmm. to create index <laughs> yeah. index it's not a good idea to uh, compare index less uh, obviously the, it's like um, okay uh, it was uh, it was clear from the curves they published so but uh the benchmark postgres versus elastic I, i've checked right before our podcast I I'm trying to quickly find problems with Postgres setup, and I didn't find problems with Postgres nice. stuff. They 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 tuned it properly, and it was named like uh, Postgres full text search. Of course, uh, lo- loses to Elastic in terms of performance. So maybe still there is opportunity to tune Postgres there, but maybe it's uh, in many cases it's quite like valid statement. Maybe Elastic handles full text search workloads better. Okay, so if you decide to synchronize, look at ZomboDB, right? Was. Well yes
1: yeah, so so Zombo is really interesting. I don't know exactly how it works, but my understanding was that it is backed by ElasticSearch but it's using like you query it through Postgres. So it's like an index access method I believe. Uh so you're you're using the ElasticSearch index from from within Postgres. So you get all those same benefits of being able to join it with other data in your system. And it handles some of that transaction boundary stuff for you, which sounds like it would be a nightmare. So the yeah, it's, it's Eric Ridge, isn't it? And his team are behind that, they, and it's open source as well, right? I think a patchy license. So yeah,
0: that's that's great. And this reminds me actually that in the previous category, we for- I forgot to mention PeerDB, which is a new company, YC backed. Uh, there are many. Postgres related companies, which are YC-backed now. And uh, PeerDB solves the problem of uh, synchronizing data from Postgres to data warehouse, analytical workloads, and so on, analytical systems. And they promise to do it much better than others. So also worth looking at them, but they just started recently. So very young company. I've I've met with founder recently here at San Diego. Uh, and it was very good discussion enjoyed and also p- people which attack particular area they have a lot of great ideas uh, so i I'm, I'm glad to see the postgres ecosystem is expanding in terms of various additional tools people need all right so okay so postgres to analytical system probably like i mentioned many names but also look at pure which is a new player and postgres to elastic ZomboDB. right great so I, I would try to convince everyone to stay within Postgres only to solve full text search problems. Also, uh, trigram search. But I, like, I know how GIN sometimes behaves. Maybe you won't reach those levels of workloads, but I don't know, like tuning it also requires effort. So yeah. maybe two systems here is not a bad idea
1: and and again maybe in some cases right like there maybe there's a it's a scale thing for ages you might be fine on just postgres and then at some point in scale you want to uh, switch it might be one of those trade-offs again
0: maybe but still like uh, to, to me being a postgres guy purely of course uh, full text search in postgres is very great a lot of options uh, my biggest concern is actually not related to full text search itself, but the lack of ability to have a single index scan, which will solve, which will work on full text search, but also order by time or ID in I'm reverse sure. order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it the was the, I- the idea behind RAM indexes, uh, which yep. uh, like still, like I, I think this will, will be good, great to improve and solve, but this is hard topic. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure Elastic solves this problem well, right? Yeah, so, I
1: don't know enough about, like, uh, it feels to me like a dim- an extra dimension of data. It feels to me like this might be where some of the uh, work around dimensionality, indexing right. around that kind of thing might be good. But again, maybe with the downside of some missing date, like maybe accidentally missing some posts because of the... Yeah, but this
0: say. is a good thing to solve, and it's not only about full text search, it's also about sem- uh, sem- semantic search uh, mm-hmm. that pitch vector can pro- provide. Uh, for example, I want fresh data come first, which meets my requirements in terms of full text search or vector search. But I want fresh first; it's natural desire, you know, <laughs> from social media applications, for example. Yeah, cool. So- yeah. So, what else? Uh, like uh, queue-like workloads, we discussed them quite well yeah. uh, some time ago, and I would like to emphasize that I, I don't I don't see people use logical repli- decoding or replication for like from Postgres to I don't know some Kafka. Or... Oh, why I don't see it? I see it. Division, right? So, division project, open source. Uh, it's it's exactly what it's needed for. But now we have this new PGMQ system, right? From Tembo.io, new yeah. company, which is worth looking. I haven't tested myself yet. And also uh, here I would like to mention this problem of synchronization, which like by default is... Th- so synchronization should not be done with listen, notify because of a lot of uh, restrictions they have, this uh, mechanism has. Logical decoding is great for synchronization. It will require some effort, but also there is an approach maybe for queue-like workloads, which is more standard when you have in Postgres something and then you want to insert or update it somewhere else. There is two-phase commit, which probably you want to avoid because it's slow. But there is a from microservices, they invented a lot of patterns like object-oriented programmers did a few decades ago. So there is a so-called transactional outbox pattern. Which yeah. I find, I find quite good to learn and it's, it's, it's simple, but it helps you avoid uh, problems. So yeah, for, for Q like workloads, if you offload workloads from Postgres, maybe this is the way to go. For example, uh, Rails, sometimes ra- Rails people prefer Sidekick, for example. Some Rails, players, pe- yeah. some Rails people prefer in Postgres. There are many li- libraries like delay drops, right? But uh, some people prefer to, Offload tasks to Sidekick, and Sidekick Which is, Redis. is Redis. Yeah. Exactly. This is what I wanted because the original request was about Redis, right?
1: Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> so uh, this is. I, I know we're about to finish because, like, we don't have a lot of time. But I needed yeah. to to lead us to this point. You know, like, okay, so Postgres, Rails, code, and Sidekick with Redis behind. It's like some kind of popular combination, I think. But I think many people maybe, maybe have issues with synchronization. Probably you're not noticing. If they do it strictly from Rails, not involving any two-phase two com, like two commit and so on, you inserted the to Postgres but didn't insert to Sidekick. You, you updated, like I mean you need to see how yeah, synchronization yeah. works. And this transactional outbox is quite simple. It's not rocket science at all. You just have a special table like you have propagate signal there, then consumers like offloaded to this sidekick reliably and in sidekick you already have uh, this processing it's not already our problem it's, it's redis problem to to process those events right not to lose them and so on and so on but i think uh, in this case, particular case redis right probably is needed for such kind of workloads like event processing let's look at postgres usually if you look like look deeper some systems two things to check as we discussed in queue episode, like, like too long too long don't read approach first is check how like if they delete or update intensively, it's bad i mean how how old events are cleaned up it should be either, either truncate or drop partition uh, to yeah. avoid blow uh, to avoid bloat and auto uh, vacuum issues vacuum issues. And second, uh, if you need the insane scale, I mean, may multiple workers, uh, it should have select for update, skip locked. Sorry. Yeah. This is, it. this is, these are two things for proper performance long-term. I mean, not degrading performance, which is not degrading over time. Good. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Uh, i think
1: so oh yeah last shout out to the one that's probably the most in flux at the moment which is the vector Vector. database specialism i i I actually think this might be a case where we don't know how the dust is going to settle yet it feels so there's so much progress Mm -hmm. and there's so many so much money involved so many companies very well funded
0: competition is high
1: yeah and Uh, and also there seem like there's still huge leap forwards like it the most recent release of PG vector, the numbers that they released in their 0.5 update, because they added the HNSW uh, indexed indexed type or algorithm, I don't even know how to describe it, but that was such a huge leap forward in a couple of ways that you might want to optimize things. So who knows what's like who knows what progress there is down the the line there.
0: Yeah, so I want to say the important thing, uh, if you like, for example, First of all, I use it already daily pitch vector uh, nice but I'm not I, I don't I, I haven't reached that scale we haven't reached that scale where we need a good index because we only have uh, less than hundred thousand documents yet we, we will have a lot of more and in this case I mean I, I haven't I haven't done my own benchmarks or, or my team haven't done it hasn't done it yet we will because uh, eventually we'll have many many millions I hope maybe maybe dozens of millions of documents it's by the way Postgres related uh, but of course we use this HNSW uh, which stands for Hierarchical hierarchical Navigable Small Worlds weird name by the way I think some some guy from or a bunch of guys from Russia and uh, from my own uh, university invented it uh, like five years ago or so maybe it's not there this term is not from them but uh, the algorithm everyone tries to implement this from there i was surprised so i want to say that there is a very popular benchmark uh, which compares v- various vector databases versus like postgres and elastic and so every every, every other like uh, already existing systems which just added some like kind of plugins extensions capability and i must say this comparison is still lacks hnsw Capabilities from PG Vector it, it, uh, because it benchmarked uh, older version of PG Vector. That's why PG Vector loses d- drastically there. So uh, be- don't trust those benchmarks. It's, it became better, and don't uh, rush into using, for example, uh, Superbase head article. Let's let's touch it. Paul Paul just also wrote me uh, uh, that uh, PG Vector f- with this HNSW. Uh, H- uh, indexes it's a lot faster than pinecone so look out uh, look uh, look at their uh, blog post Superbase blog post uh, with additional benchmark and i hope that very popular vector benchmark will be also updated soon right so to, because it's not fair you know so plus Postgres- and- is good here actually and uh, yeah it
1: looks it looks really good the but please again don't trust any benchmarks people like tr- check for yourself i do trust the Superbase people i've no. read that exact i've read that exact post and it's it seems great they even spend more on the pinecone instance than they're spending no. on the Superbase instances it seems like as fair as you could get but how are we to know like that they they're great at tuning pine cone servers and that they've done you I, know it's really difficult
0: yeah I cannot keep it. So as uh, a small spoiler, our bot will be capable of running benchmarks, <laughs> conducting benchmarks. And I think we should add it as soon as possible. This particular case, let's, let's uh, check pg vector with various options, various indexes. We will do it. Mm-hmm. And it will be super easy for everyone to, to re- reproduce with just On... cha- chatting with bot.
1: On Postgres, but not f- like for comparing. Yeah, it to a just Postgres. Uh, we focus
0: only on Postgres, exactly. but you, you can get all the same like metrics and compare and see TPS latencies, so all the details, a lot of details. So then think how to improve. And uh, not only you will be thinking, but okay, enough. So, so vector uh, workloads is good at Postgres. Just try to use them. Don't trust others because others want to build new systems. They will be saying, Postgres is bad. It's obvious. Like, right? But we, it's not, I, if, if I trust uh, Victoria, Victoria Metrics CTO and I see numbers myself or ClickHouse, House, I know this technology is super good at both or Elastic. Here I don't trust it yet. Uh, let's, let's give Postgres a good chance. Do you know
1: what? That's a that's a really good point. And something I forgot to list in the pros for keeping a workload on Postgres is, and it, it is mentioned, I've still the wording exactly from the Superbase blog post, but they've said Postgres is battle-tested and robust, whereas most specialized yeah. base databases haven't right. had time to demonstrate the reliability. It doesn't mean they're not going to be in time super reliable. but uh, it takes of these 10 other years systems, at least,
0: exactly. 10 it, years. It can't,
1: yeah. So, yeah, really good note to be- and, and obviously...
0: Bugs, ICID, a lot of stuff. Yeah. You, you, it, it takes a lot of time. Even if you change the part of Postgres, you need a lot of time to, to be stable. So it, I, there are systems uh, each time I touch uh, that demonstrate issues very quickly. <laughs> so, but,
1: well, um, yeah. like, there's those, there's uh, that group that do, is it, um, Jepson, like the analog, like they're yeah. doing serious testing of, of systems, distributed uh,
0: systems, particularly.
1: Well, yeah, but I even feel- like finding bugs in non distributed systems, transaction isolation levels, and things like that, it, some, some really impressive people doing some really impressive work, but they won't have done that on, the, on newer databases. And they wouldn't, like, people wouldn't have had a chance to fix some of those issues yeah. yet. So, yeah, it's a really good yeah. point. And I don't mind but, us being a little bit but biased. As
0: we see, but as we see from full text search and analytical use cases, it's possible to beat Postgres for particular workloads for sure.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Cool. Thanks so much, Nikolai. Thanks, everybody. And keep the suggestions coming. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.